0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Thank you for the glory of your presence in our midst. Oh, God, touching every heart, every life, we need your holy will. Oh, Lord, we're feeling after your mighty presence. We give you thanks and glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise All right. You have your Bible this morning. Let's take a good look at God's Word. We're going to go to the first book of the Bible the book of Genesis. Genesis. The book of Origins. Beginning. Genesis chapter 26. Good to see each and every one of you. Wonderful to be in God's house. Thank you, Jesus. Great day. Beautiful day. All right. Genesis chapter 26, if you would look, please, at verse 14, 26 and 14 of the book of Genesis. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Verse 15, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged In the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Everybody said amen. Amen. Last verse, 16. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. All right. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. want to minister a little while this morning on you, have an enemy. You have an enemy. Okay. I I realize you could say, uh, tell me something I don't know. But uh, let me see if we can help refine it just a little bit and kind of get it out of the generic, see if we can bring it down to something a little more definitive, okay? All right. There are so many things that people say about God and His Word uh, that is uh, generic or general. Um, But it's a whole lot different when you begin to dial it down and you begin to focus it in to where you see it properly and in a setting that you can really understand and see what's happening. Uh, Just like when people say all you have to do is believe. Well, it is true that all you have to do is believe, but that's a very general word given that way. Now, if you get down to the Bible teaching, then it's not such a general word. Okay, It's only as general as you're going to leave it. But if you're going to really get into the Word of God, and you're going to, uh, whether it's that word or any word or any subject, The more that you add subject matter and the more that you begin, as I said, to focus uh, the Scripture in, just take that lens and begin to fine-tune it, begin to focus it, then you can begin to see what all God was really saying, what He means, okay? Uh, it's, It's not good to leave things in a general sense. It can leave you, you know, it's been said general prayers bring general results, and so do general sermons. They bring general results. I think we—I know that we need and should want something much more specific. Okay, all right. I—I I know uh, one woman. She's passed on. She and her husband were uh, people who labored overseas. The country actually was Africa. They put in many, many years there. Probably about thirty-five to forty years. And um, the Lord had used them tremendously. And one time she told it, I was there, and she said that uh, she had a, a large group of women that had come and walked many, many miles to come to the service. And the people had nothing to speak of, as any worldly possession, shall we say. And uh, she, w- she saw this great host of people, and, and she, she had nothing uh, to feed them with didn't have that kind of uh, amounts of food or anything and and uh, she just said she said Lord she said tell me what to do and I'll do it and specific I need to hear something specific I don't need something general I really need something specific. People can bring a host a flood of words uh, and and they can they can sound you know to the human ear and to the carnal mind, they can sound like, woo you know, but when you leave out, what do, what do you really know, you know, what have you really gained, what ha- has it really given you specific directions and instructions, okay, if, if uh, that's one reason that I told somebody the other day, I said, um, about a, somebody here, I said, uh, well, that person is directionally challenged, I said, in other words, they don't know east from west, and north from south, and if I say, well, let's head east, they're like, huh? You know, but uh, if you, you can take even the heading of east for somebody that that's too general for them and their knowledge isn't able to grasp that, that you can begin to make it better. You know, I had one little girl said, said we live that way. Okay, that's good, you know, wonderful. But uh, I'm going to need a little more specific than that, you know, and uh, we're going to go east. Sometimes we have to be a little more specific for people, and we have to give them maybe a street and a few things to help them out. So the Word of God is is a map for us. It's a manual for us. It gives us teaching, and it can and it will be specific if you will open your heart to it. If you will open your ears to it, he that hath an ear, let him hear uh, what the Spirit is saying, what the Word is saying, and the subject matter of it. He wants to. Uh, you don't want to. I told you one time before, I'm sure at least, that one place in the Bible said that Judas went and hanged himself. Another place said, go thou and do likewise. I don't think we want to put those two scriptures together. I think that that's going to leave us in a pretty bad shape there and uh, kind of the head and the tail together. We don't want that. So we want subject matter. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. We do not want to just take one verse and, uh, and run away with it, or one verse pulled out of here, and maybe another one pulled out of here, and they're not really related in subject matter, then we're not rightly dividing that word of truth. There is a right way to do this. Just like um, I happen to have a little old safe that uh, never used, never opened. Matter of fact, I've misplaced all the paperwork and the keys. And uh, so when the paperwork has the combination written down. I guess they do that when they sell it to you. Just a little old thing. It wasn't expensive. And so we decided to put it in the yard sale. And I put everything over there. And some something went. You know how things will just sprout legs and walk. And so the paperwork is gone and the keys are gone. And there sits the safe. And I had a fellow at the yard sale that wanted to buy it. And asked him for a whole $15. And he was very happy at that. Brand new. Not a scratch on it. And uh, But we couldn't find any of the paperwork. We can't find the keys. Don't know where they went to. They sprouted legs and walked away. And and so there it sits. So not very helpful to have the safe if you don't have the key to it or the combination to it so that you can do it right and open the safe up and begin to use it for what it's for. And so this Word of God, you might want to think of it in a sense as a safe. And it holds so many valuable things, things that are of value in the sight of God. Wise to learn what God values. What God thinks is valuable. The world puts a lot of value on gold and silver and gems, but God doesn't. Okay, God doesn't. I've told you before, the Word of God teaches that there's going to be a street of gold in heaven, in in that city. And uh, so, I mean, if He uses gold to pave, I don't guess He places much value on it, does He? So I'm saying to you that the only gold that God's interested in is that gold that's bought from him and tried in the fire, and it puts it on the inside of you. When, when Moses uh, came down from the mountain, and he had the two tables of testimony that are known to you as the Ten Commandments, and uh, on the way down, he sees Joshua and where he had left him, and he says to Joshua, I, I hear a sound. And Joshua said, Oh, well, you know, they're, you know, just whatever. And uh, no, no, no. Moses said, No, it's, it's not whatever. It's, it's something here that's not good. And uh, it's not a good thing that I'm feeling and a good thing that I'm hearing. And uh, you've got to work with the discernment that goes on there. What you might think is okay and passable and treated lightly, there's somebody above you that is saying, Oh, no, 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 no. That's not good and that's not right. And so, of course, when Moses got down there and saw that the people were in a bad shape, doing bad things, and to- on top of everything else, they were dancing around a, a golden calf, and they were screaming, "These be our gods that delivered us out of Egypt." <laughs> well, Moses—he uh, didn't see a gold god; he's, he's a gold calf. He saw red, and uh, he was very, very upset. And he took the two tables of stone and he threw them and broke them. Imagine that. And uh, boy, two freshly minted, uh, wouldn't you like to have those somewhere around your house? But uh, I mean the real thing. But uh, he broke, he was so upset, he just took them and threw them and break them and and, uh, was so upset. And uh, when he confronted, uh, now you're talking about being delivered. You ever read where God saved the man by the name of Saul, whose name became Paul the Apostle? and how that in God describing to his preacher who was going to go baptize this man named Saul who would become the Apostle Paul. And God tells him to go do it, and he's, and he protested because he heard so many bad things about Saul, and rightly so. And he, he didn't want to go anywhere near that guy. But the Lord told him, I've taken care of him. As a matter of fact, he's praying right now, and he's waiting for you to get there and uh, to baptize him. And he said, I have... Uh, delivered him, and one of the things that God said he delivered him from was from the people. Well, the people, some of the people sometimes are your family, and the Bible teaches that Moses confronted his brother by the name of Aaron, and he had to confront him right in the grill and said, what have you done? Now, he could have said, but I'm your brother. You're my brother, nothing. (laughs) He said, something's very wrong here. What have you done? He said, well, it was the people. Of course, we're going to pass the buck, right? And so that's what, you know, happened in the garden. Everybody's passing the buck. And uh, it didn't work too well, though, did it? Well, it didn't work too well that day with uh, Aaron and when he passed it to the people. And he said, they they told me to throw it in there, and I threw it in, and, and whoop, out came this cat. You know, the more you excuse, the lamer it sounds, right? And, uh, and the more ridiculous and silly. And you make yourself to look so foolish. Well, that's what the devil's going to do. It's going to make you look foolish. And uh, so, of course, Moses had to deal with it. And finally Aaron got straightened up. And, and thank God, you know, if you'll confront and you'll stand up for what's right, then people, there are, there's a chance that people will straighten up and they'll do right. But you're not going to do them any good if you just go along with them and compromise with them. You're not doing a lick of good at all. You're adding to the problem. So you don't become a solution. You become a part of the problem. Think about that. And God looking the whole time, looking at everything, weighing the spirits here. And so I'm saying to you, we have, um, we have this setting. We have, of course, Abraham. Abraham who looked for a city whose foundation, Baker. Builder is God. He's looking for something here. He's looking for something better. He's looking up. He's been trained now to look up. And God said you count the stars. I had a man the other neighbor the other day and every once in a while I try to stop by and say hello to him. He'll be outside and he's sitting in his little wheelchair type thing and I tell myself one day you're going to ride by and he's not going to be there so you better be saying hello and sowing some good seed. So I'm talking to him out there and and uh I said, boy, it's pretty nice. Look at all those stars. And he said, yeah, I was just out here counting them. I said, well, I am mad you ran out of numbers. He said, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, uh, But God told uh, uh, Abraham, he said, you go ahead and count the stars of the heavens and uh, count the sand by the seashore, both innumerable, without number. You could not do it. And uh, no, matter, no matter your calculus or anything else, you're not going to be able to do it. And the more they are able to see, by the way, into space and deep space, the more that they are discovering. Now, man comes out of something like that, and they feel, just come in and find a seat. It's fine. Don't be embarrassed. I'll embarrass you if you want to be embarrassed. But if you don't want to be embarrassed, come in and sit down. Very good. We're glad you're here. So the more they uh, work through Mr. Hubble and his, his telescope and things of that nature, and, of course, they're putting those things on satellites and sending them out way out there, light years away, and then they look further. And I'm telling you, it just goes, the further back you go, you know, they want to say that uh, the Big Bang took place. Maybe a Big Bang did take place. I'm not going to argue whether a Big Bang took place or not, to tell you the truth. But what I am going to tell you is, where did the Big Bang come from? The further back you go, the more that you're going to see the big God that's behind it all. And I'm trying to tell you. You keep going deeper in space. You keep, you keep seeing more stars, more planets, more constellations, more meteors, more novas and supernovas, and, and they're having to add names, and because it's God is bigger than what they could ever imagine, and yet they the more that he's bigger to, the, to their telescopes and to their science and what little knowledge begins to get increased, the more as they delve into my Father's mysteries, the more they want to diss him. The more they want to dismiss him, the more they want to say there is no God. And that's where your Bible is teaching you how foolish man can be and how they can be taken in their own conceits, how somebody so little can think so big of themselves. I'm telling you, we serve a great big, almighty God. And when you keep going back, you keep finding out that there's that God is right there. He's right there every time. Amen. Amen. So Abraham is told, and Abraham does what he's told, much to his credit. Abraham operated by faith. He's the father of faith. And as he walked out in faith, everywhere he put the sole of his feet, then God said, going to be yours. And God blessed in so many ways. And then the time came, of course, for Abraham to go the way of all the earth. And that having taken place, and then here comes in his footsteps, the next one. We've got Isaac. And you know, history has a way of repeating itself. And the problem is, is that nobody learns anything from history. And so uh, here we have this king of the land, Abimelech, and uh, he proceeds to do the same thing. To Isaac, that was done to Abraham, and in the interim, here comes the Philistines, people of the land, and they, uh, uh, in their ways of unbelief and their worldly ways, they find the dig the wells that Abraham had digged. Now you have to understand that uh, people didn't have the kind of plumbing that we have today. They didn't have the kind of faucets and things of that nature that we enjoy today. Uh, it's just like you wonder why there was a setup, maybe, why there were dietary laws along with other types of laws within the law that God gave. Well, because they didn't have refrigerators like we have. Okay? Maybe they didn't sell them for $50 like I did. Okay? All right. See, we're trying to help people, and but we've got to try to help both sides of the coin, you know. But. Uh, that's why it, there had to be certain things set in place and certain things to eat and some things not to eat and, and, and uh, ways to eat it and ways not to eat it. Things were set up because of the people and they were traveling through the land. And uh, there wasn't, like I said, there wasn't the kind of health uh, concepts today, then, that we have today and things that could be set up and enforced, refrigeration and so on and so forth. But uh, here we have... Uh, this these wells that Abraham had dug and the enemy of course is going to come along and the enemy is going to try to stop up the good that is done in the in the land in the time. And when you dig a well friend in especially in that part of the world at that time, then that was a very very valuable thing because that water is a life-giving and life-sustaining force an element. And, and uh, here they come along, and they couldn't see anything else to do but to stop up, to throw a bunch of dirt down in there and stop up that well and try to wipe out the labor of somebody that came before them and did something good. Well, you see, that absolutely is the job of the enemy. He does not like what God has done, and he is upset with it. Of course, he's upset with it because you know what? Because he decided one day that he was going to be God. He decided one day that he was going to exalt himself over God's throne and that he was going to take over. And he didn't like the way God did things. And so he's going to try to push God out of the way. And the Lord said, well, let me show you how we handle that. And so the good Lord uh, said, and of course, you know, when somebody's going to leave and, and they realize that they're on their way out and that's going to take place. Well, they ought to, the enemy always makes them think that everything's going to fold up. Everything's going to quit. Everything's going to die. Everybody's going to just leave and follow them. And that's what Satan thought. Satan thought, well, okay, I realize. I see the handwriting on the wall. God's fixing to give me the boot. And so uh, he said, but that's all right. He said, everybody's going to follow me. Only he found out that only a third, the minority, followed him, that the two-thirds of the heavenly host stayed with the Almighty God. And that's what you read in your Bible, how that war broke out in heaven. And it broke out because somebody rose up and, in rebellion and wanted to exalt themselves and, uh, above God. And that's not going to happen. And I mean, I won't say that somebody won't attempt, but there's not, not going to be that kind of overthrow. God takes care of business. And God took care of business. And, and, and the, the big, I'm sure, one of the big letdowns for the devil was that everybody didn't follow him. He left and everybody didn't go. He wasn't all he thought he was. And so, but that's what the enemy has replicated this in the earth because when, uh, as Jesus said, in the days of his flesh, he said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning to this earth. And so when, when Satan was casted out, and then it's written, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan hath come down to you, knowing that he hath but a short time. And so he's going to and fro like a roaring lion, seeking whom he made to bow. I'm telling you, you have an enemy. And he's looking for you. And everything that God has done in your life, every bit of the mess that he's dug out of your heart, then the enemy wants to come and refill that. He wants to pack it down with the earth. He wants to take the natural earthly things, and he wants to stuff all of that back into your life. And the deception is when you are set free by being baptized in Jesus' name in water, and you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you become a part of the body of Christ, known as the church, and that you're you're you've been on you've been cleaned out. That's what the Bible said that Jesus Christ taught. That first we clean out the inside of the cup. He reaches down into our heart and he cleans out all of that gunk and all of that sin and all of that dirt, all of that trespass, everything that's wrong, that doubt, that fear, that unbelief, that's at the root of all of it. He pulls it out by the root, gets it out of there, cleans you up real good, washes you in his precious blood, fills you with his Holy Spirit, okay? And, And now you're this brand new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. And in the passing away of those old things, then the Lord is going through the church to give you new things, righteous things, Good things, holy things, clean things, honest things, pure things, and so on and such like. And in so doing, I'm telling you, the enemy, yes, just like when they came out of Egypt and followed Moses with an arm of authority and power. You think Moses read three million people by playing patty cake? Huh? You think he he brought to them fairy tales? Little bedtime stories? That what you think got three million people out of bondage? got them out of sin and unbelief and the the whip that was laid across their back. You think that's what, you know, we don't cast out devils with the ladies' auxiliary, folks. Okay? It's not done by, by playing some little game. It's going, Moses brought them out with a high arm of authority and power. And that sounds good. You can say yes until the pastor has to get in your grill and level some authority your way. Then's your test. That is your test. It's always good for the other guy. But, you know, what about when it's you? You know, that's when you've got to buckle down and say, okay, I got to take it. And if you'll take it, you'll make it. You hear me? If you'll pray, you'll stay. And if you'll fast, you'll last. So we've got to, to be in this thing. And we've got to realize that when God led them by Moses out of, and that's another thing you could say, God brought them out of Egypt. Well, yes, he did, but he did, he used Moses to do it. (laughs) You know, it's amazing how people just want to slap the preacher aside. They just want to wash him out because you know what? Because they know how valuable that's needed. God set certain things in the church. It didn't say set the toe. First, that's not what it said. I sure hope he didn't set that stiff neck first. Amen. <laughs> Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Well, I'm trying to tell you, God said in the church, friend, he said, apostles and prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, he did these for a reason. And there was also governments and helps, he put them in the in the body of Christ for a reason. And he set them, we were talking about it, firstly and secondly and thirdly, and but he, he didn't go on to fourthly and fifthly. He just, just went on saying what he put in. So I told somebody the other day, that, uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, took some of the guys to get a little something to eat, and they they said the special was, was neck bone. I said, <laughs> neck bone. I said, okay, now let me see, I got a guy that likes oxtail. I said, so now we got the neck and we got the tail. I said, what are we, are we, uh, putting this thing together. Is it, is it a dinosaur? What are we doing here? <laughs> what will happen to, you know, something normal sounding here for me? All right. Well, I don't mean to get upset. I'm not going to cuss the collards. I like the collards. You know, I just get down to them good old veggies when you get to talking all that stuff to me. <laughs> all right. So I'm saying God set some things here in the church, and and, and it's got an authority designed built into it. You know, there are things that are built in that you don't see, but you definitely feel the effect of it. right? Like my, my Bible, this is the present Jackie Jones. Oh, I can't get it to stay. Oh, why won't it stay? Gravity. That's why. Gravity. You don't see it, but I know you're glad it's here. Otherwise, you'd be floating around somewhere taking off we'd never be able to get you. All right? There are things that are built in that you suddenly become aware of. Especially if you're a white boy playing basketball. You know, we can't jump. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Lord. Well, I'm just trying to tell you, the almighty God set things in the church. And he's bringing the the church that's going to be the congregation or the church in the wilderness. He's bringing them out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, type of sin, bringing them out of there. Okay? And he's bringing them out of there. And he gave Moses signs. And they were so authoritative, he did not have to use but one. And he convinced them that this is God and we got to do what we got to do. Let's get out of here. Let's go worship God. Let's get on with the real business of things here. That we are called to love God and he loves us. Let's go worship him. Let's quit messing around here. And besides, we've been over 400 years in bondage down here in Egypt, going around in circles, if you please. What are we doing working for this devil? Why are we doing that? And So they got up and they got out. Of course, that was after God used Moses to slap the devil 10 times, well, actually 20 times. And uh, in doing that, then they went on. And they, they, you know, it takes great power and authority to deliver you from the devil, from your enemy. You have an enemy. And, and Abraham had an enemy. We got Abraham, I'm telling you, he dug these wells, he labored hard, and, and here comes an enemy after his death and stuffs those wells. Ain't nobody else going to enjoy it. I don't want them to have what Abraham had. Oh, I don't want anybody else leaving all their close family and friends and coworkers leaving their influences and doing things differently like Abraham did. I don't want anybody to be faithful like Abraham was faithful. I don't want anybody to be following God like he did. I don't want anybody looking for that city like he did. I don't want anybody to find that foundation like he found. And so he stopped up those wells. You know the devil wants to kill the truth. He wants to destroy it. He doesn't want anybody. They tried, friend. I'm telling you, history, they tried to wipe out this message, and they're still trying to wipe out this message. Now I hear people that get on the radio before me and after me, and they'll come right up to the edge, and they'll stop. Oh yeah, you got to repent and be baptized. You got to repent and be baptized. <laughs> but but everybody believes in Jesus, right? But they won't say be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They won't say that. We had one of our men was out on visitation and and uh, he's he's new and uh, he's very excited and um, he was witnessing to this man. And the man was very proud because he spoke Greek. And uh, as you know, the New Testament is written in Greek originally. And so uh, he kind of uses that, you know, lords it over people. And so this new man, young man, was uh, witnessing to him. And, and uh, one of our guys came up that's been around just a little bit longer. And he's very good at, at talking to people. And, and he came up and he, he hears this guy telling our guy about you know all the Greek and, all of that, I speak Greek, I can read and write Greek, blah, blah, blah. And uh, trouble is, I guess he didn't learn how to read and write English, because, I don't know, to, to me, it went from Greek to English, and there it is, hello. But, you know, I mean, water in Greek is water in English. Fire in Greek is fire in English. You know, <laughs> you pronounce it a little differently, you know. I don't know, what is in Spanish, Pyro. <laughs> put an O or an A, right? <laughs> for, for, for Spanish, I mean. All right, so whatever. <laughs> so um, uh, so this this um <clears throat> other guy comes up that's in our church, and he says um, he said he listened to the guy for a while, and he said, well, he said I want to ask you a question. He said, you believe the Bible is the word of God? And the man said, yes. He said, and we don't add to or take from. That's right. He said, okay. He said he opened the Bible and he said, here's Acts two thirty. Go ahead and read that for me. Say that to me in Greek. Uh, blah blah, 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 blah. In Greek? He said, okay. So you're reading it there, right? Word for word. Yep. He said, okay, could you read it out loud for me? So the guy reads it out loud. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Only problem is, when the guy got done reading it, he said, well, that's symbolic. And so the, the, the young man looked at him, and he said, did that say that there in Greek? Did it say that's symbolic? And the man said, no. And he shut the Bible and he said, then don't add it! He said, you, sir, need to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Needless to say, the the witnessing ended right there. (laughs) I don't think the the gentleman wanted to go any further. You know, when you just call the devil's hand, just call his hand. And I'm telling you that uh, the uh, Bible is teaching you that you have an enemy and he does not want you to have what what is in the word of God and how it was taught in the word of God, how it was brought and how Abraham and then Isaac. Isaac comes along and he finds those wells all stopped up and he dug those wells out. He said, we're going to clean up this mess. We're going to get this right. And I'm telling you, the devil wants to make a mess. He wants to stop it up. He wants to destroy it. That's his nature. That's who he is. He does not want you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he don't want you helping anybody else to get baptized that way. He doesn't want you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and when you do, he doesn't want you to pray anybody else through. He doesn't want any babies to be born, any sons or daughters of God. He doesn't want that. Religion, denomination, play your game He'll be with you all day long, and He'll encourage you into all of that. He will do that. Jesus Christ said it this way. This is found in Matthew, okay, Matthew chapter 13. And He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto Him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He's talking about sowing the seed. And in sowing the seed, and the harvest begin to come up. And He said, The seed is the Word of God. And he said, the world is the field. And, he, and he's teaching them here. And he, then he, he goes on to expound what he was teaching them, just as I just said to you. And um, he, he told them, he said, what happened was that it began to show among the harvest, among the true stock and harvest, there was tares. And the tares, he told them, they're lookalikes. They're hypocrites. They're phonies. They're fakes. They look like the real thing, but they're not, okay? Looks can be very deceiving. Things are not always as they seem or as they appear, all right? You ever read in your Bible uh, about how that the Scripture said it, they have a form of godliness? They have a look. He said, but they deny the power. They don't want any authority They don't want the real thing in their life. They're happy with a stopped up well. They're happy having things their own fleshly carnal way. You got to dig that well. He that heareth my sayings and doeth them. He talked about that individual that would dig deep. Well, we got to dig deep and we got to keep digging. We got to keep the well clean. We got to keep that artesian flow. A Holy Ghost will be in you a well springing up into eternal life. You've got to keep that flow. You've got to dig that out every day. That's why you want to pray and overcome. You've got to keep the smut and the filth of this world out of your well. Out of your well. And so when Jesus went on. Here, and he began, he answered them and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. He said, The enemy that sowed them is the devil. Now that's getting specific, isn't it? That's not general, you know. Well, let me get specific with you, okay? The old devil, these are the kind of tactics he uses, and you begin to see how he conducts his business, how he does things, and he doesn't do things open, honest, and above board, okay? He does not do things in a holy manner and in a godly manner. He's all about a whited sepulcher that are polished and looking good on the outside, but inside it's full of debt. Dead men's bones, the Scripture said. He takes a good well, and it's his joy and pleasure to stop that well up. He don't want it flowing in the power of the Holy Ghost. He don't want the, the great gold of God coming out there. He doesn't want the good things that in God's eyes are of great value and great price, the things that God values, the devil hates. You hear me? And so he's going to go right after it, friend, and he's going to stuff your well, your ears, your eyes, all the, the well of your mind, he's going to stuff it with dirt. He's going to put all the filth and trash and garbage in there. He can. And then he's going to turn you into some little phony tear. He just wants you to be a look-alike. That's all he wants. And, and he was identified. An enemy had done this. An enemy did this. That wasn't people want to go around and say, God this and God that, you know. And uh, when all else fails, lay it off on God, you know. Good, good excuse, people feel like. It's a good thing to hide behind. Well, you're going to find out that you're not going to hide behind God. You're going to hide behind an excuse. You're going to hide behind something that is uh, made up and falsehood and phony, or you can have the real thing. And wasn't it, Paul, that, that recognized uh, in, in uh, Timothy, and he recognized three generations, and he, he talked about his mother, and he talked about his grandmother, and he talked about the unfeigned faith. That meant it wasn't fake. It wasn't phony. But it was real. It was genuine. And I'd like to see it improve from generation to generation. You see good then you take it and do a little bit better with it. Don't do less with it. Don't compromise it. Don't cut down. You read about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great king. Hezekiah absolutely awakened to the things of God and he brought back so many good. He started digging out wells, friend. And he started putting things in order and held the biggest church service you ever seen in the name of a Passover that they hadn't had in since the days of King David, the Bible said. That's how great a revival that Hezekiah brought about. And when Hezekiah brought that about and the time had come for him to go, he went and they buried him. And here comes his son to be king in his stead and took every good thing that Hezekiah did and went opposite. Went opposite. Begin to destroy. Begin to stuff that well. Just begin to destroy. And cause the people to worship other gods. Cause the people to do all kinds of things that were wrong and incorrect in the eyes of the Lord. His name was Manasseh. What a terrible thing to to somebody to do it right and look like the next person come along, the only thing they can do is figure out how to to wipe it out, to erase it, to destroy it. What kind of spirit? An enemy does this, an enemy of God. And you better wake up up and realize that uh, the enemy of God is your enemy also. You have that in common with the Almighty. You better get a whole lot more in common with the Almighty. i tell you about that silly couple that was down in uh, south of the border and, and uh, took into their lives uh, what they thought to be a, a little old chihuahua dog and um, got that thing and, oh, we're going to rescue it. We're going to rescue it. I was in the bank the other day and, and uh, one of my neighbors, and, and she's two tellers down from me, and she says, um, you know, we said hello, of course we said hello. And she says, um, said something about the cats coming around her house. I said, oh, kill them. Just like that. I couldn't hurt them. I couldn't hurt them. I said, good. Call the animal control that you pay for with your taxes and tell them to bag them up and get them out of here. Do you know one female cat has about 20 kittens every time? Let's get the calculator out. Talk about innumerable So we got these people down south of the border, and they bring this little bundle all up, and I oh, go, let take it." I go, "Oh, it's so cute. I couldn't hurry." No, no. Going home. kissing on it, loving on it, petting on it. You know, getting food from the the stewardess. You know, and feeding. Gets it home and says, "You know, I don't know. It looks a little sickly. Maybe we should take it to the veterinary. Let's take it to the veterinary. We'll go to the veterinary." Boy, some people got money to waste. You know, I had somebody the other day said to me. To me, um, there in a paint store and and uh, junior down there, he says, um, he tells the guy $21. The guy's on the phone, you know, he says, I'll give you $20. He said, $21. He said, I'll give you $20. He said, Loan me a dollar. I give you $21. Okay, loan me a dollar. I give you here's a 20. You add the dollar. Give me a donation. He said, So I'm standing there. So he looks at me. He goes, How about it? Give me a dollar donation. I said, I can't do that. He said, Why not? I said, because I'm a preacher. I'm in the donation-taking business. <laughs> well, he, he seemed to like that. He, he shook my hand, and he was happy about that. And, and uh, So, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, I did tell him if he really needed a dollar, I'd give it to him. Of course, he, he, he was really hurting because he worked for the school board. Boy, am I thinking about the taxes that go to the school board, right? Oh yeah, and happy for them. Great, no problem. Just bring your tithe and offerings, and let's go for God. No problem with me. It'll all work real good if we'll work for God. He's got the greatest plan, and don't let the enemy stop up your thinking, stop up your well, stop up your heart. Don't you let him do that? Everybody said Amen. Amen. Everybody said Praise the, Praise the Lord. Everybody give God a big hand. <laughs> Thank right, you. All right, I'll tell you what, you better believe me when I tell you we got an enemy. You know, he's even got people out there that go around and they want to convince you that what they're peddling is right, and part of what they're peddling is that you can't go to heaven. And, of course, they tell you there's no hell. These same people, early on when I first started, just started being witness to and Started to read the Bible. They said, uh, I said, hey, I said, uh, you know, you got to be born again or you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now it's brand new. And uh person said, well, I'm not going to heaven. I said, you're not going to heaven. Now, I'm brand new, so I'm like, you know, I don't know. So I don't know who's got the phone, but please, I'm preaching, so get rid of the phone. Thank you. Okay. That's you know make a deposit to the canal over there. it be fine. No problem. So uh I said, You're not going to heaven? Nope. I so I said, Well I gotta go. So I left. They had a little store where you'd buy sandwiches or something. So I left and I, I went and read my Bible and I prayed and took a day or two and I came back and I felt like God had given me some input. So I went back and I told her again and she said, I tell you I'm not going to heaven. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, it, I, I quoted it wrong the other day. I said it said, I said, the kingdom of God. You have to be born again of water and the spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, or oh, you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. And I said, you can't go to heaven without that. She said, I tell you, I'm not going to heaven. I'm scratching my head. Not going to heaven. Why don't you want to go to heaven? You know. And uh, so, anyway, I went back, studied some more. And, uh, I got a little, felt like I got a little insight, so I I brought her that place, and I said, you know, the Bible said, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, which is in the midst of the city of God in heaven. She said, I told you, I'm not going to heaven. I said, okay. I said, are you going to go to the city? No. I said, wait a minute. You're not going to heaven? You're not going to the city? I said, where are you going to be? And, of course, she doesn't believe that there's any hell. Needless to say, this person has a Bible but doesn't believe it. But anyway, um, she said, well, I'm going to be just outside the city. I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, well, gee, that's something. I said, because let's see, for without the city are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and liars, which one are you? That was the end of that discussion. She had no answer for that one. Her only answer is, I'm not going to heaven. So we got people going around telling you there's no hell, and they're not going to heaven. I recommend that you stay very far away from their thinking, and you get close to God's thinking. Because all they're doing is reaching down into a muddy, stopped-up well and holding out that junk in your face with a smile. Praise God. And you're going to wind up like that couple that went to the veterinarian and said, we need to give you our our dog. We want you to to give it an examination. It's a little sickly. Not doing too well. Would you please? Oh, he was more than happy to take their money. Came back out of the little examination and said, um, did you say your dog? And they said, yes. He said, it's not a dog. He said, it's a rat. Now, they've been kissing that. They've been hugging that, wrapping it in their clothing, took it in their seat in the plane, had it in their home. No doubt on the bed between them while they slept, cuddled up on the on the pillow. All right, you better watch what you take into your life, because you're gonna you're gonna think it's oh so woo, and it's anything but woo. Okay, you're gonna take filth, you're gonna take a spirit, you're gonna take trash. You're going to take what's going to stuff up your eyes and your ears and your heart with filth and junk and garbage, and you're going to embrace it. And you're going to be loving on it. You're going to be like the the people that were hanging out with Judas. Old buddies with Judas, because Judas had the money. Imagine what you want to embrace? You think about that. You're going to embrace them that crucified him? You're going to embrace them that sold him out? You're going to embrace him that hated him? I'm telling you, the prince and the power of the air, that devil, he's an enemy and he's out there and he's making a bunch of phonies and a bunch of hypocrites and a bunch of whited sepulchers and he's stopping up wells. He does not want the truth of Jesus Christ preached. He doesn't want that going out. Everybody said amen. You have an opportunity to have this truth. You have an opportunity to get cleaned up on the, from the inside out. It starts on the inside. In your heart, you get a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit, a new attitude. It's clean. It's righteous. It's holy. It's godly. And it's heaven bound. Heaven bound. Come on, let's stand together. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and worship Him. What does it mean to be saved? in more than just a prayer to pray, more than just a way. To heaven. What does it mean to be his? To be born in his life